And welcome back to Spiritual Strength Catholic Wrestlers. I'm James Zanetti, your coast to coast spiritual coach from Spiritual Strength, bringing to you live Catholic wrestlers. Brought to you from Gene Zanetti, Wrestling Mindset, Winning Mindset, and Eric Guerrero, the coach of the Oklahoma Regional Training Center, Building Athletes for Christ. And remember, a wrestler for Christ needs to do three things. We need to know the way, show the way, and go the way. And that's exactly what this call is about every week. We're living it, we're learning it, and we're making it a part of our lives. So learning certain topics about the faith, applying them to our athletic career, and just life in general, and just really growing fellowship, being around other Catholics, talking about the truth. So let's go ahead and let's begin with the prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Direct all our actions, O Lord, by thy holy inspirations, so that every thought and work of ours may begin from thee, and by thee, and be happily ended through Christ our Lord, amen. St. Joseph, Tower of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so today's topic of the day, we're talking about the difference between objective and subjective. And this is critically important because I would say probably the biggest issue, the biggest problem logically that we're seeing in our society, or one of the root causes is relativism. This idea that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. We're twisting around the word truth. We're losing the sense of what that means. Okay, now the charitable... Um, assumption, the way we, I like, I, I think about this is most people aren't even aware they're doing it or they're doing it. And it's just because they're trying to be non-judgmental. They're trying to be uh, tolerant and inclusive. But what happens is we're sacrificing the truth. Okay. We're not being rooted solidly in truth. So we need to understand the difference between the two. So let's talk about the difference between objective and subjective. So when we're talking about objective, it means concerning a thing or an object. So as an example, I have this book right here in front of me. Great book you should be getting, small booklet by Chris Stefanik called Absolute Relativism. Talks about um, how this being, this topic right now, being one of the biggest problems in our society, absolute relativism. And forwards by, look right there, Cardinal Burke, my buddy. He wrote a, wrote a forward for the book. Nonetheless, simple book to read. But when we talk about an objective claim, okay, this is the difference between objective and subjective. If I say this book is here right now, or if I say this book is not here right now, that's an objective claim because it's about the object, the book. So the book is either here or it's not. So I could be right. I could say the book is here, and it is. Or I could say the book is not here, and I'd be wrong. Either way, it has nothing to do with my thoughts, my feelings, my preferences. So when we're talking about something that's objectively true. It's true whether we know it, like it, or believe it. Okay, so when someone makes a claim about you know, I, someone says, there is a God, right? I believe in God, right? And someone says, well, that's your truth. That's not my truth, all right? We're talking about the, the, the object is external from us. So in other words, there either is a God or there is not a God. It can't be both, okay? So that's not a subjective claim. That has nothing to do with my preferences. It has nothing to do with what I like. It's just an external claim to us, okay? So that's very important to understand. Okay, there either is or it's not. When people say, oh, Jesus is God for you, but he's not God for me, that doesn't even make logical sense. One of those statements is true. One of those statements are false because it's an objective claim. Okay, now we deal with the subjective. Subjective means it concerns the subject, so it has to do with our preferences. So if I said to you, this book, Absolute Relativism, is a great book, right? Or I'd say this is, this is a great book. 
Well, that now is a subjective claim. I'm giving you my preferences. So someone might read the book and say it's a great book. Some people might say it's a good book. Some, might, some people might say it's an okay book. Some people might say it's a terrible book. That has to do the, – the topic has to do with the subject. It's my preferences. It's my likes. Okay, so we don't want to confuse an objective claim versus a subjective claim. Okay, so when I make an objective judgment, I judge things or actions, things, facts, or actions. Okay, when I make a subjective claim, I'm judging a person, which I never want to do. Okay, and this is what a lot of people get confused about. People say, we don't want to judge other people. Absolutely right. Amen. We don't want to judge other people, but we can, we can and should judge actions. Okay, so objective things concern the things themselves. Subjective means what it means to me or what it means to you. So let me give you a good example of what this is in the church. So Pope Eugene IV said in the Council of Florence in 1441, I'm going to read it because I don't want to get it wrong. He pronounced that no one who is not subject to the Pope, even if, they, even if they're a martyr, they can't be saved. The Pope here makes an objective judgment. He doesn't say that all Protestants are in hell. He doesn't say all non-Christians are in hell. He doesn't say all atheists are in hell. But objectively speaking, they have no chance to enter heaven, okay? Subjectively, we don't know what the Lord's going to do with them, okay? Two rules of the church. The church does not judge the dead, okay? And the church does not judge internal things. So the only thing the church can judge is external things. So if we say that's, that's you know, there's no salvation outside of the church, that's an objective claim. That doesn't mean everyone who's not in the church goes to hell. It's just we don't have, we don't have any other information that says that. Okay, so that's, that's, that's all that we know. Whatever God's going to do with them, that's his business. But this is what's been revealed to us. Okay, there's no salvation outside of the church. We know that. Okay, so we don't want to mix up the objective and subjective. And this relativism, I can tell you this just as a school psychologist, this is where, you know, a lot of times people see a psychologist or, and, and they say, oh, man, you know, or you look at someone from a distance and you say, well, the psychologist, they're the ones whose kids are all messed up. Right? Or they're the one who's all messed up themselves. And I think what they're, what they're intuiting, and that's, that's, of course, not true for everyone. That's a massive overgeneralization. But I think what they're referring to is a lot of times what we see, especially in the field of psychology, but all over, is this wishy-washy attitude towards the truth. We start to say, well, that's true for you, but it's not true for me. And they're probably doing it with good intentions because they don't want anyone to feel alienated. They don't want to ostracize other people or where they want, people, they want to build people up and make them feel good. I'm all about that. I want to do that. We want to be, we're commanded by Jesus to be gentle, to be respectful, to be loving. But Jesus is the truth. So we have to tell the truth. Okay. And what happens is when you see people that are, they have their foundation on relativism, they're not on strong ground. They're like the man who built his house on the sand. And when the winds blew and the storms came and, and the, the floods and the wind blew and beat upon the, the house, it fell because it was founded on sand. But the person who understands logically the difference between objective versus subjective, objective truth versus subjective preferences, likes and dis dislikes, that person is building their house on a rock. And then when the, seas when the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house, it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. So we need to be rooted in truth. Okay, so again, strong recommendation to get this book, Absolute Relativism, small booklet, great information, Chris Stefanik. Um, Eric, you want to jump in? Star one, please. 
Okay, I should be unmuted. Um, hello, everybody. I, I guess I just without again not reiterating everything that I seem to say every every week, but I think it's always important to note that again, the natural mimics the supernatural. Okay, I mean there is there is this 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 common this is bonding, um, reason and logic that that we can always rely on to know that that if it if it's true and it's God's truth then it should make sense here on earth. Um, and that's really the difference. You know, God's truth always makes sense. Um, it always gives you a, it gives you a sense of peace. Sense of peace gives you a clear mind that allows you to discern, that allows you to make good judgment, that allows you to be charitable in, 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 your, in your approach and in your understanding, and then ultimately gives you um, uh, the peace of mind that you need to, 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 to move forward and, and make good decisions. So um, God's truth leads to peace. Man's truth, okay, our reasoning, separate from, separate from God, when we just rely on our reasoning um, and, and w- without holding fast to God's truth, oftentimes that leads to debate. That leads to confusion. That, you know, and, we, and they say, well, we're just having dialogue over the topic. Well, dialogue in, an, in excess, just like psychology in excess, in the, with the absence of God's truth as its foundation, leads to confusion. And we know God is not the author of confusion. Is not the author of confusion. You know, He is the author of peace. Um, he is the author author of understanding of, of of all things that are good, which, which is our reason and logic, with Him as the basis for it. So I guess where I'm going with all of this is. Is, is is you know when we're when we're pursuing something, whether it be a, a goal in life, whether it's our wrestling, whether it's you know uh, pursuing your degree and your individual institution, your education, or bettering yourself as a, as a human, um, understanding what God wants for us, understanding what God wants for how us to behave and react. And, and move forward on a daily basis is, is, is critical. And the biggest part of, of, of that is, is our, again, is, is our understanding of what truth is. Truth is, in a practical form, if it's harder, it's better. Meaning, is it harder to wrestle hard or take it easy today? It's harder to wrestle hard. Is it harder to run fast or run slow? It's harder to run fast. Is it harder to fast? Or not to fast? Is it harder to be disciplined and get your three prayers in a day um, to do the, the, you know, to do our morning offering, our, our our afternoon offering, and then our evening prayers? Yeah, it's, it's harder to do that than it is to just go. I'm skipping it today. If it's harder, it's better. And while that's not necessarily a scripture in the Bible, that's one thing we know that is God's truth. You know, God could have saved us. He could have He could have redeemed us without putting himself uh, in the in the person of Christ through immense pain and agony and 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 essentially torture he could have done that he could have snapped his fingers and made all things great again um but he chose not to he chose to do the hard thing and as i look at that as a, as as a as a father as a coach as a as a catholic it just reminds me that that i have to embrace obstacles i have to embrace challenges and i have to embrace the difficult things in life to fulfill my obligations 
as a Catholic, as a Christian, as, as a father, as a husband, as a coach, and all those things. I must embrace those things. But without acknowledging that there is one truth, I could find myself um, reasoning those things away. I could find myself um, negotiating those things away. I could find myself wanting to um, do less because it seems like the path of least resistance. So when we understand what is true, um, we understand that God's path is harder, um, but it is better for us. Um, and we hold fast to just that one simple concept. Listening is harder than ignoring. Being obedient is harder than being disobedient. We hold fast to that one concept, that one universal truth, that harder is better. Um, it, it, it essentially gives us the peace and the, and, the, and the clear mind we need to discern all things and, and move forward in a positive way. Um, you know, getting along with a teammate who's difficult, harder. Getting along with a coach who maybe you, you have challenges with, harder. What's easy to do? Walk out. What's easy to do? Give up on the relationship. You know, um, making weight is hard, you know, um, but offering it up is sacrifice and offering it up is, is, is uh, reparations and, and, and penance um, can lead us in the right direction. So um, without digressing too much, I just encourage everybody to remember that harder is better. Um, God himself chose harder over easier. And as long as we hold on to that universal truth, that is God's truth, um, I think we'll we all do the best that we can to make the best decisions possible. So thank you. Excellent. Yeah, great. Thanks, Eric. That's right. Christ um, sanctified suffering. So apart from Christ, suffering doesn't make any sense. That's why in our society nowadays, it's about eliminate suffering at all costs. And look, we get it. It's, of course, it's important to, you know, you want to make your life easier. You want, you know, when, when you can at the right time, these kind of things. And if there's pain, we want to try to heal the pain. But we can offer up the pain. We can, suffering does have a purpose. And, and it's because Christ gave a purpose. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he himself didn't do. He went through the cross. He lived the hard path. And he paved the way for us to do it. So we're just following Christ. And as we say over and over, Catholicism is not just about following rules and laws. Catholicism is a participation in Christ. Christ wants to live your life. Christ wants to wrestle your career. He wants to be the, 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 the student that you are, the professional that you are. He wants to be you in your – he wants to live your life through you. So let him do it. Do, let him do that. That means we step out of the way. We're docile to the, to the movements of the Holy Spirit. And we let him do, do his work in us. And the beautiful thing about that, um, of course, diff, you know, maybe a little bit different than our wrestling career, because our wrestling career, we could do everything right, and sometimes things don't work out. This is a guaranteed victory, right? It's all over the sacred scriptures, all over the teachings of the church. The victory is guaranteed if we just stay faithful to walking the path and doing the will of God. So let's, let's go now to Our Lady, and let's, let's, let's pray that she give us the strength, that she lead us to her son, especially during these days of the, the different Marian feasts. I mean, we have a whole series right here, right in a row, with um, between the Immaculate Conception, Our Lady of Loretto, uh, St. Juan Diego, Our Lady of Guadalupe, at least four great Marian feasts right now. So let's, let's go to Our Lady. Let's, let's give it all to her that she may bring us to her son. If you'd like to lead us in the rosary, Eric. Yep. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's great, our prayers all being united as Catholics. That's the beautiful thing about having having these set prayers that we could all pray together, that we, we unite them together, and they become more powerful through through no good of our own, but through the goodness of God. Like we said, again, Catholicism is that participation in Christ. And, and he promised to lead us all in truth, matters in faith and morals, that the Holy Catholic Church is infallible. So we want to be like the man, the wise man who built his house on a rock, the firm teachings of the Catholic faith, and things go well from there. That's what's going to make us a better wrestler, better student, better professional, better citizen, and everything. Again, thank you all for calling. We'll do it again next week. God bless you. God bless your families. Take care.